three, two, one. Are you ready? Oh my god, I forgot how much it sucks to be around everybody. I think I'm gonna be sick. You are fake news. I think I'm a special one. Then they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis from God's army. An hour of war and shattered shield from the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. This day we fight. Very nice. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to The Jam Show every Thursday at noon on 101.3 Flirt FM. All right, and welcome to The Jam Show podcast. Um, this is our first episode. Um, if you listen to our radio show on Flirt FM, we are now uh, have a podcast, so you found us, so welcome and if you're new to the jam show where we have a radio show on in nyg student volunteer radio station flirt fm and it's out every thursday between 12 and 1 but some weeks on the show we talk about topics that we usually go over time and stuff so we decided we'd come up with a podcast so we could talk about these things for way longer and kind of with a podcast we can kind of let our real emotions out on it um the first uh, topic though that we'll be discussing on today's podcast will be the european super league and as always i'm joined by mark and Hi, jack what's up um oh also you'll find the spot our, our podcast series on spotify so we're moving away from mixcloud um <laughs> So if they're, if they're listening to Aaron, I'm pretty sure they know. <laughs> yeah, but this is new people. Well, that's true too. Yeah, if they're new people, well, anyways, <laughs> if they're new people listening on Spotify, they're listening to us anyways on Spotify. But anyway, um, so yeah, we're going to talk about the European Super League. Um, obviously, it's actually been so because what I think on Sunday I was saying that we probably should do a podcast on the European Super League. And then by Wednesday, with today, when we came around recording, the whole thing has collapsed. So within, what, 48 hours, the whole thing kind of just completely fell dead in the water. Um, so I will just quickly just tell people what the Super League was. So the Super League was a long-discussed idea for a closed competition that would feature Europe, uh, Europe's biggest clubs. So over the years, there have been many different um, proposals that the league would uh, look like but um on sunday uh, 12 clubs announced their intention to break away from uefa which is the world football or uh, the european football governed body and they decided they were going to form their own league and this plan initially was going to add three more permanent members and then five of the league's uh, spots were going to be up for grabs and um, they didn't mention how you'd be able to qualify for that, those five spots. Um, some of the teams that were involved, so we did top six, as they're known as, in the English Premier League. So we had Manchester United, Tottenham, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal and Liverpool. And then going to Spain, we had Barcelona, Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. And then in Italy, we had... Inter Milan, Juventus and AC Milan were all the teams that were involved in it. Uh, Bayern Munich and Bruce Dortmund rejected it and so did PSG. So uh, we're not going to go fully into 
um, all facts and figures because it's a podcast so we're kind of going to just kind of give our own feelings on it so the first question guys I have for you tonight is how did you feel about it when you found out um, bear in mind I kind of found out on it I presume the same time as you when Man United were playing um, Burnley so how did it affect you and how do you feel on it I'll go to you first Jack it's just pure greed kind of at first I was just I didn't know you know you just kind of don't even understand why they want to do it and then I heard about uh, the amount of money that was involved and I was just, you just it's kind of don't want to use disgusting as a word but it really is it's just shy you know and it's you don't want to you don't want football ruined like that you know it's just money and it's kind of already like that at the moment so to do this is like the full step into where it's just pure commercial for me anyway and I just thought it was disgusting really yeah, uh, I, I fully agree. Uh, Mark, what about you? When I was watching the United and Burnley game and Gary Neville started talking about it, I didn't fully grasp that it kind of was happening. I thought it was like another proposal again. So he was, when he was gabbering on over Martin Tyler and stuff, I was like, how serious is this? And then it wasn't until I went on Twitter after that I realised, and I was fuming, I have to say. I was very annoyed. I was even saying it to Mum, I was giving out, and she didn't get it until she went into work the next day, and literally every lad who came into the shop was giving out as well. So. I don't know, it's just, it, we know our, the sport we love is really all about businesses and stuff, more and more so every year is passing, but this is just a huge leap in the direction of like American football and basketball and stuff where it's essentially closed league, no relegation, just to spin money and you're playing in, you know, traditionally non-football countries like Singapore and stuff where you just know it's going that route. So it was... I was really annoyed when I heard it first and I don't know how I feel now that it's falling apart because I don't know where it leads all the clubs including our club United um, yeah um, my kind of thing on it was I was kind of unlike you Mark in that I kind of had quickly gathered what was kind of happening when I was watching the game and to be honest I just sat through the whole game like the whole game was like a 90 minutes blur like it just I was I was kind of to be honest I was just numb like I didn't I didn't really care about the results you know when we scored each time there wasn't really much celebration you know because the whole thing like see that was my thing on this whole bullshit thing about the European Super League was that if it went ahead like what was the point of continuing on the rest of the season you know what I mean like you know you know because there's like Liverpool are playing the other night like why did it matter like it didn't give a fuck if Liverpool actually you know because they like top four wasn't going to be a thing you know they didn't need to win that if they were going to be in the Super League next year and but what annoyed me as well was the kind of obviously money and everything but I hated even the way like oh well if this isn't up and running by August we'll we'll like to still be in the Champions League you know kind of basically treating UEFA and the rest even just the Premier League you know the fact that they were oh yeah we'd still like to be in the Premier League but we all knew that it was going to be as kind of a reserve thing you know they'd be playing their yeah. B team each t each weekend in the Premier League you know and playing the real big players and their A team in this European Super League so the whole thing was kind of disrespect even towards the institutions that they're currently in and even the fact you had all of them resigning and you had the UA head of UEFA calling them snakes like like really strong language to describe people that you know he was only friends with only like I think the Juventus CEO is even the godfather of his daughter <laughs> like so like it was 
really, really bad. Um, I don't like, and this kind of leads me on to the other question because obviously you, you know, quickly gathered then over the next couple of days how bad it was. Like, would you have stopped following Man United and you know the whole thing if this European Super League came about? So I'll go to you first, Mark, this time. Yeah, I, I would have. I definitely would have. Because especially knowing, I know you were saying there about how like the Premier League at weekends would be like the B team. The, the FA seem quite serious about the clubs. They would be removed from the Premier League. So all you're watching is this Super League. And then I'm sure they do like a Super Cup or something to like, you know, give teams more to play or whatever. I don't want to follow that. Like, yeah. this is rubbish. Like, I'd, I'd ra- happily switch to it. Premier League mid-table team you know I've watched every United game in the last five years I love the club be mid-table then <laughs> yeah exactly they'd be slightly higher than the mid-table I'm talking like Aston Villa or something here. but like I don't know I, there's no way I could follow that rubbish and you know it's just it'd be franchise football like it's not the football we've all loved for years yeah no I before I get to you Jack I kind of forgot to say that basically as well as part of the format it's a kind of a closed league so there's no relegation there was going to be no yeah, so there's basically no relegation. And then on top of that, what, there was two groups of 10 and they are going to compete. And I think the top, was it the top four or something goes straight into the quarterfinals and then there's, I think, two other places up for grabs or something from the thing. And then there's only one kind of winner. Kind of basically the Super Bowl of um, NFL and stuff. And... So yeah, Jack, what did, so would this have like pushed you over the edge? That was it. You were done with United after this. Yeah. Yeah. Like obviously you don't want to do that, but I mean, to be fair, one of the best things that came out of it all, apart from the memes, <laughs> was uh, picking a new club. Like they were all laughing <laughs> and bad, like deciding what club we were going to support. And one of the funny things is we're always in each other's throats about some of the lads support Chelsea or whatever. And we were like, okay, we need to pick a team now together so we don't kill each other every weekend. Like, but uh no, yeah, it, it's it's just it's kind of like disappointing when you look. I was looking at different clubs, thinking about who we'd go to. And it's just like how how is football come to this? You know, some you enjoyed it, Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it was fun. But you're thinking in the back of your head, you're like, on oh, 90 years of sporting a club for what? Like, just gone out of left the jersey in the post. Like. <laughs> it was it was funny window shopping for a new club. Like. <laughs> um, who who would you have moved on to? Um. Actually, yeah, no, that's an interesting question. I was actually considering Leicester as an option. Really? I was West yeah. Ham, partly for the J-Ling's connection, you know, and just I've always, like, I know they're in a kind of bottle job as well, but, you know, in a league without the top six, it'd be interesting to be up there. I don't know. I was kind of thinking of Leicester because of even when they won the league title, I was, you know, supporting them as my second team that season because what they were doing was so unique and like it hadn't happened in so long and in the Premier League and you know it wasn't one of the big six that was going to win it and you know you're thinking especially you know their squad like you know no offense to Robert Hoot or Morgan or any of them you know like they weren't like top top players you know and yet they were going to win this league you know so for me that's why I was kind of leaning towards Leicester. What about you, Jack? Who did you end I, up? I was seriously weighing up the options. I kind of wanted to do West Ham as well, but my neighbour supports West Ham and I gave them so much grief over the years. I felt like I, I couldn't. I couldn't just out support. I have a funny... I, I, it feels like, Jack, you actually wrote out a table and it's like pros and cons of each yeah, club. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't that bad. Yeah, price the jersey as well thrown in there. <laughs> Season ticket. I think... Um, 
the, the final choice is going to be Everton, I think. I love that. I did not say Cameroon. that. I've heard no one suggest Everton. Like, just... And Everton are a big club. Or even Villa as well in Ireland. Villa, yeah. yeah. Ah, no yeah, one suggested I, Everton for some reason. Villa's team will probably be picked apart now, I'd say, in the coming yeah. year. So, the boys they snatched up, like... Well, even... But Everton always have a good... They're always good for keeping decent players around and yeah. have enough money for that, like, so... And they have a bit of Dyer's connection as well. James yeah, Coleman and... and yeah, so. respect that. Like, yeah. But, um... You see, it, like, even the fact that, like, we're on about these clubs, but on top of that, like, the disrespect that it showed to those clubs, like, the ones we've mentioned, yeah. West Ham, Leicester... Like, Leicester and West Ham, like, Leicester are currently third in the league... And West Ham have a very good chance of finishing in the top four. And the disrespect it showed to those clubs, like to say, well, you know, basically, fuck you. You know, you're not good enough to be in the top four, you know, because you're threatening our, you know, status. You know, like, look at Arsenal and Spurs. Yeah. Like, and I know, like, it, it was hard not to laugh at the memes and stuff about them yeah, because... Everyone put, everyone put yeah because everyone's going like yeah why are you should why are you there but yes why are you here like because like obviously you're trying to you're trying to treat the whole thing seriously and everything seriously. <laughs> but then you have those means but it was true though like even man city no offense to them like it like the, at the end of the day this was like a fucking dallas buyers club you know like it was literally fucking anyone that had the money was invited to this table of clubs you know like it wasn't a case of oh we're going to pick you because you've you know a, top class clubs actually. yeah yeah or like yeah. no because you have a good history in the european cup or you it's not just pure to... pure popularity though because like aren't barcelona basically nearly like a billion euros in debt like it's not yeah. money as much as it's yeah, how yeah. many people and no well look for barca yeah, and for Barca and Real Madrid, this is purely because they're, you know, they've made a fuck of their finances and they're both in over a billion worth of debt. And, I mean, I even s- said this to someone, like, you know, you're trying to tell me, like, look at Coutinho. Like, Barca bought him for, what, 142 million? Like, you know, you're telling me that th- that's proper management and yet we're going to let these lads run a league, you know? Um, yeah, I'm sure the worst, David the worst about thing. five years is going to cost him 73 million euro yeah. for, you know, like, there's the worst doing thing, it. Um, I thought from it was the way their excuses were like they were so bad. They're oh, I, we felt pressured into this. Yeah. So we um, we were well, lose the only thing what I would say, Jack, I would agree with Chelsea and Man City's positioning on it because for Chelsea, and I know everyone gives out about Roman Ivanovic, but like that man has sacked manager after manager to try to win that Champions League. You know that was his obsession, and he still is obsessed with that kind of success. Like yeah. for him. I actually don't think he was doing this because, oh, this is for, you know, the bullshit Perez excuse of this is going to be better for football um, kind of thing. I think he and City were kind of, as you, well, like, you know. They they don't even have history. (laughs) Yeah, well, well, that's what I mean. Like, there were so many, so many inaccuracy. And on top of that, too, Jack, how many people actually support Man City across the globe so don't tell me you're having them in the league because they bring in so many you know big crowds to watch them you know it's not that case you know even in Asia and so they still you know would support the traditional um Premier League teams over Man City um see my other thing as well is this was going to become a pure NFL you know we were going to see games in LA we're going to see games in 
Shanghai and you know places like shows. yeah and places like that and then sure even Perez was talking about fucking shortening the the, yeah. the games like of the time like they were coming up with the apparently they were even like there was some crazy mentions I seen that they weren't even going to have referees because obviously the referees are all con you know contracted to their FAs and then they're contracted with UEFA or FIFA you know all the top ones so like there was rumors that they were going to just leave it up to technology that they were going to try all these you know new stuff out like you ever see the Nike ad uh no it came out a couple of years ago about the robots taking over football yeah that was if you haven't looked look that up it's actually quite a good ad like it's on youtube and uh, it's just exactly like that what was going on like. um but yeah no it just was it it really blew my but see as a league it didn't make sense either to me in that obviously for the americans they love that shit of no relegation and the owners, the American owners can't get their head around that. Like, I think even Joel Glazer mentioned that in his apology today, which was pathetic, by the way. Um, you know how, oh, like, you know, that we, we've learned that fans and, you know, respect, you know, that uh, they they remain loyal, basically, to the whole idea of the pyramid and relegation and promotion. And, like, obviously for Western, like, because it's in the other leagues, Spain, Germany, you know, and even in some other leagues in Europe, it's a bit different, but there still is that kind of promotion and kind of uh, relegation thing. But, like, even the fact that that wasn't going to be in this league, we see, my thing was, when you look at the current Arsenal squad, the current Spurs, even the current Man United squad, like, I know we've beaten PSG and so, but you're trying to tell me, like, what happens if you're an Arsenal fan, you're sitting there in your group of 10, you know, your group, the first stage of this tournament, you know, the group of 10, you finish ninth, we'll say. You don't even finish last. We'll say you finish ninth. It still means fuck all. You can't progress in the tournament. So that's it for your season. And yeah. the time you're out of that, you know, by the time you've played those 10 group stage matches uh, matches in that mini league part of it, you know, you're probably sitting in ninth or eighth, you know, like they are now in the Premier League. So even then, for the rest of the season, what, you're going to, try and just work your way up to maybe, you know, seventh or eighth in the league. But it still doesn't matter because you're not going to, you know, even if you finish in the top four or whatever, top four is gone now because you're always going to be invited to this Super League. So for me, I was struggling to see how they thought fans were actually going to buy into this, especially if Arsenal are getting hockeyed every week or Spurs are getting hockeyed every week. It doesn't, it doesn't, it wouldn't work without a draft system. In yeah, that's what I was, the, I was going to say, Jack, was that you're probably going to have to bring that in, like the NFL and the yeah. Major League Baseball and stuff to make it work. Like. I have to admit, I'd love to see how a draft set of system would play out in football. Just theoretically, I wouldn't actually want to. Yeah. You know, uh, but it would be very interesting. Messi playing with Fulham. Or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, but see, that brings me to our kind of my next question, guys. And what kind of needs to be done to stop this ever happening again? Um, to be fair, I, I think it has put a big dent in any plans for the future like, temporarily though temporarily yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah it's temporarily but I mean it could be for the next you know 20 years or whatever like, but you see it's interesting because one so far one person has you know you know the whole quote of live and die by the sword and that is um, Ed Woodward has taken the, the brunt of this because obviously he was one of the architects of it with Man United and the Glazers but he's obviously resigned out now. They're try like 
I don't buy this that he was going to resign at the end of the season anyways. I don't think so. I think he has um, taken the flack for this because it's gone so badly. But the problem is, and Jack, is that you still have American owners running Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal. I wouldn't be as concerned about Chelsea or whatever. Spanish clubs are still going to be in their um, debt crisis. And then I think, to be honest, I think... Real Madrid not owned by... Americans, no, no, they're um, owned uh, differently. But the other thing is that I think with the Italian teams, it was more out of jealousy and kind of wanting their share of the pie, basically, because I think they're jealous of the Premier League and stuff. Come in, you know, if you compare to Syria and the Premier League, well, even compared to the league, yeah. So, Mark, what do you think needs to be done? Like, do you like the way I think it? Do you think the UK government needs to bring in? legislation kind of like what they had the german model of 50 plus one you know the 51 rule where 51 percent of the club is owned by the fans and 49 percent then can be privately owned then see i'm a big fan of that and i was reading into it and it, it seems very successful in germany and even evidence is there that dortmund and bayern mm. munich rejected their invitations to the league because no fan wanted it so it stops the kind of the fat cats who own the clubs or whatever just creaming all the money out but at the same time, that's the only long-term solution, I think. A short-term, yeah, you can find them, you can, you know, yeah. whatever you want to do to punish them for the next season, which I still think should be done, but long-term, giving the fans more control is the way to stop anything like this happening again because it definitely will be at five or ten years down the road. They will try something like this again. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was well, and I don't think we've touched on it too, that I thought it was you know really bad and disgraceful that they tried to bring this in during a pandemic and use the COVID-19 pandemic as the excuse to try and bring this in you know because they were basically knew that the fans weren't going to be there so you know they're not going to really protest like that's what they thought and you know they kind of used then the COVID-19 excuse of you know oh we've lost this amount of billions between the 12 of us like cry me you know never mind never no we never mind have, we only have 200 billion sitting in our bank yeah yeah well it's not it's never mind the fact that the glazers took 128 million i think in dividends last year in or over the last 10 years out of united and then on top of that then like you know you've real madrid that i think have been bailed out in the last 15 years twice by the madrid government um so you know like this was all down to self-interest this whole thing and I do oh, think yeah. the governments do need to step in. Um, like there should be a cap. And they should just they need to control the money better. Yeah, they well, that's to, that's actually a question I was going to ask you as well, Jack. And I'm glad you brought this up because I was actually going to talk about this on our radio show three weeks ago, but with the break coming up, you know, because we had an Easter break with college, so the radio show wasn't. Um, going to be on for any listeners that don't know and then the last kind of show i think was pretty jam-packed with kind of excusing the pun but uh with kind of stories <laughs> and stuff so we, i didn't think we'd be able to fit it in but the thing that kind of started this all off for me was actually uh, mino Raiola along with halland and his father when they went on their little auctioneers trip oh, across yeah. europe Shocking. and what is rumoured is that Haaland is going to go for £150 million. Now, obviously, he does have that clause if they wait another year. he I think it's, what, 60 or whatever million. 
Um, but you know, there's rumors that if anyone wants to buy him this year, this summer, it's going to be 150 million. But then Raiola apparently wants 25 million as part of this deal, and his father is supposedly be getting 25 million out of it as well. So I, you know, because obviously we know about Raiola with Pogba and as Man United supporters, the three of us, and. You know, because often it's referenced about how this guy was, what, a pizza maker or whatever, working in as a chef or something beforehand. But what highlighted the money problem was that, actually, before all this talk about the European Super League, because I was kind of going, this is getting out of hand. Like, no agent should be pocketing 25 million, never mind his father. You know what I mean? I think money has just completely been like it's lost run of itself football with money but you're in like there is in england in the premiership in the rugby they have caps on all their spending spending and stuff and there's big punishments like saracens are the biggest club in england last year and they got yeah. they got top points and they had to go down in the in the league because yeah. they they like were illegally buying players and stuff well they were bending the rules and they just weren't having none of it and took mm. those points off them and got them well, they, well they have this like, in the nfl i, I think with and the uh, NBA, you know, that you've a certain amount, a certain amount, yeah. amount, yeah, and you have to stick with that, yeah, you know, like you know, you can go out inside Haaland, but he might take up fifty percent of your budget, so then you're going to have to fit the rest of your team around that budget, you know. Yeah. Now, I don't think that mightn't be the way to go, like in, so, but there has to be caps because this is getting out of hand, like you know. But there's salary caps, like in, yeah, so you can't pay players too much money, like there's. There's a cap on how much you can pay. Mark, what do you think? I think the introduction of the 50 plus 1% of the fan on thing is a reasonable thing. I think trying to introduce caps into a game that's run where the good guys are FIFA and UEFA now, there is no way they're going to put any kind of limit on the money that's being spent. Oh, there's no way they will, but... It should should probably be done. It should happen. And it would be tricky then, because how do you introduce caps on... Like, how do you compare Man United's transfer fee cap to Burnley's? Like, would it be percentage of profit? But sure, no, be... no. Sure, Burnley can spend just as much as United. Like, just no, no one can go over the certain amount. Like, yeah, I know. It's just there's no way. Sure, Burnley like, won't be Burnley won't be able to make like whatever the cap is. Like, Burnley just won't be able to afford to go over. It, yeah, you know I mean, but that's they're not the teams that you're looking out for. You see, there's a very obvious problem with Rayola specifically, but there's loads of agents like that. Sure, Sir Alex Ferguson doesn't. He despises him. Yeah. He's notorious for it. And even I saw there, Kevin De Bruyne renegotiated his contract himself with Man City and a bit more of that maybe. But then you would think having well, I'm glad you actually well. mentioned Man City, Mark, there because you compare Man, U- Man United's kind of players' wages and then Man City's. And even Spurs, you can throw into this as well because you're like, what, Harry Kane's still only on, what, 120 or... 100? Like, it's still comparatively low compared to other um teams so it seems to me like it's only certain clubs like real madrid like barcelona that are almost trying to outspend the rest and by doing so they're just throwing vast amount of money at the problem if you get like you know getting paying the big money to get them in it's paying the huge wages every week i think that's the ongoing like i think alexis sanchez is kind of the one that ruined it for us wasn't it because we gave him a huge amount and all the players the hair mark 350 grand yeah yeah phil jones is on 100 and something grand a week as well you know there's like half a how much you're paying for half a million between him and henderson the two keepers on top of 
bearing in mind Romero's still there, so he's probably on <laughs> a couple of thousand. About 50k. And, 80, I think, yeah, and Grant isn't doing it for free. I know he's no. helping out with the substitution board these days, but um, <laughs> um, no. But you see, that, but that's what I'm saying, Mark. Though, is how come City? But I like what it tells me is that. Uh, if a club is run properly, you can keep to a wage structure and not break it. And if all the players are on similar enough, the better players are on higher, but not crazy high. Yeah, it balances out. But once uh, and on top of that as well, City, what they don't break their transferred record very often. I think Diaz is the one that they broke it recently with, like the centre back. Spend is good to be yeah. fair, and even like they spent money. Like remember that season? The run, like I know this sounds bad, but they're actually ran like a proper business. You know. In the yeah, sense, they really are. and they get results out of it too. Exactly. Compared, rule, how many players have they signed in the last four years that have been complete flops? You know, yeah, very few. To be fair, and, though, I think if you're looking for big spending and you're looking at top six, you're going to find it with all of them. Like it happens in every club. Like they just overspend for a lot of players, and it always happens. So I don't know how you're like. I don't see how you could pick one club out of them all and say, "Oh, they do it the best," because they all do it. Which see, is, I think, think the biggest tax is on United, though. I really do yeah. in terms of players. Like the oh, United, United just United get destroyed. They will yeah, do it because it's badly run. I think yeah. we see this Gary kind of... McGuire, Leicester just rinsed us for him. Like, yeah. And I know, like, look, a lot of people say he's... No, look, that's, defender, but that's, that's also the English tax as well, though, Jack, throwing yeah. You know, the in the sense, yeah, yeah, if they're yeah, English yeah, and they're good, yeah, they usually throw an extra. Leicester knew how desperate we were for a centre-back. Well, that's true, too. And the fact as well, we weren't talking to any clubs and we made it so obvious that this was our one one and only target. It it makes it worse. Um, I think, but kind of leads into another thing though, is, and like it's kind of going off topic in the sense, like, is there so much money now? In, because I was actually listening to another podcast, um, Alan Colley and Stewie Burns on Colley's Call, and they we're interviewing Chris Forrester who plays with St. Patrick's Athletic and he went over to England and he played with uh, Peterborough and he was in the championship and he played well and like you know he was on the verge of the Premier League you know Premier League clubs were looking at him and he um, he you know due to other issues he was homesick and stuff he came home and he's playing back with Pats now but he was kind of saying how he learnt his trade on playing on the streets and stuff and you know that up until the age of 17 he actually he played with bows and they weren't really in in their underage like they weren't in schoolboy leagues it wasn't as serious and it was only when he got when 17 he actually played with a proper i think he said he was playing with belvedere so they actually were properly focused or whatever but he was saying he still enjoyed you know that no pressure kind of just playing a match and kicking around when he was younger but like what i'm trying to tie in is that are we now seeing like every kid is now a product you know they're something that we need to get make kind of money off you know we need to make sure he makes it to the top you know so the enjoyment has kind of gone out of it for kids because you know even underage schoolboy stuff is 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 too serious if you get me you know i actually watched the 10 minute documentary on youtube the other day about football rejects lads who get to 18 or 19 and they're just not offered contracts and there's a club in London. It's like a charity club where it's all the lad, loads of lads who are rejected from the Crystal Palace youth squads. That like it's devastating because your education is impacted. Everything's yeah. impacted because you fully commit to football because you have to. And then once you're rejected, what do you do then? You know. So I think you're right. For a lot like, of people, it's worse because it's yeah. Sorry, it, it's not, it's worse because some of them are good enough, but they just get bad injuries and stuff, and they've given their whole life to making it, and then they just get one bad injury like an ACL and they're just thrown out the door like. 
Yeah, no, it. Uh, I think it's worse for Irish young players when they like. I think it's it's kind of going to stop now because of the whole Brexit thing and stuff. I they can't go over until they're eighteen now, so it takes that pressure off them. But I think it was worse for them because obviously they're moving country as well and you know you come back and your whole dreams and you know because the thing is i like i'd imagine there is the stereotype thing where you know i don't know you know your mate is after getting trials with chelsea's after getting a contract he's over there for two or three years and then he suddenly comes back you know because you you and the rest of your mates and everyone else will be you're even in the town will think oh you know young dylan there he's he's gone over to chelsea he'll make it and you know Hello, talking him you know talking him up like or whatever and then yeah, yeah. You know, two years later, he's back and he's probably, you know, going through the ringer of like he's embarrassed, you know, because he, he probably thought himself he was going to make it. And like it is very tough, but that's where I'm kind of concerned is that the fun element of football is getting lost in this whole business model and trying to make money. And that I'm concerned that for younger players, it's getting so serious that it's not about the joy of the game. It's nearly about them being a product and trying to make money off them. You know, and especially now where you've seen even with like Jude Bellingham that like these 17 year old players can compete at a top level at clubs and might end up focusing more and more on like these younger players and they'll pay more for them to get them into their youth teams and even wages go higher or whatever. And it's just it just goes deeper and deeper into like. More yeah, money. exactly. Kind of like a ball rolling down the hill. It's just starting to get faster and faster and faster. Like. Exactly, until it, it you can't stop it anymore. Like there's no yeah. hope. It's just it's gone down that hill so much it's picked up too much momentum there's no stop but i wonder is the sport gaining like more like the trajectory of financial income is going up and up as well to like match all this increased spending and everything it must be to fuel yeah Yeah, but otherwise it'd just be a massive crowd like i know don't like because don't obviously comes out with a lot of stuff but this is before you like he did have a point like you know the art of defending you know there's there's very you know that old style i know the game progresses and stuff and the game style changes but like even you do notice that the talent like don't get me wrong we have Mbappe coming up and stuff you know and Haaland to challenge the whole Ronaldo and Messi thing and you know usually there is only those couple of ones on your hands that but I do am concerned that we are going to miss out on potentially good players because they just you know they they lose their love of the game you know they don't they're not enjoying it as much, you know, because like the t- what I mean is like that kid could be 12 or 13 and he's not enjoying it because, you know, he's a coach yelling at him, you know, because he's so serious. And we'll never know if he was going to be that, you know, you know, really good, you know, and we're probably now look what I will say as well is other sports such as rugby being more professional you know, and stuff has probably taken away people and, you know what I mean, because other sports has, have become competitive as well and stuff. So, you know, there is that probably smaller pool anyways you're picking from, but I'm just worried that even from the smaller pool you're choosing from, you might be making it smaller through your own actions. But that was, look, that was just an observation. So the last thing I was going to ask you lads on this podcast was about the Champions League reform. I don't know if you've seen it. Um that's supposed to be coming in in 2024 and i'll just basically read you out so basically it's going to go from 32 clubs to 36 and there's now going to be a new kind of league stage instead of the group stage and 
Every club will now be guaranteed a minimum of 10 league stage games against 10 different opponents. So that's five home home games and five away games. And the top eight sides in the league will qualify automatically for the knockout stage, while teams finishing in 9th to 24th will be placed in a two-legged playoff uh, tie to secure their path to the last 16 of the competition. So... There's going to be a lot more games. Obviously, that's an issue already for certain. Um, oh, also, qualification will remain the same, like the top four, by the way, for this new format of the twenty in 2024 by UEFA. But I've seen a lot of comparisons where people are saying, yeah, it's great that we've got rid of, um, you know, we've stopped this European Super League, but what's coming down the line isn't actually that much better what they're changing up in the Champions League so wanted to just get your opinions on that so I'll be honest with you I've kind of been confused recently when I hear people say the Champions League needs to be reformed it needs to change yeah I fully agree but why can you answer me what's the huge issue that everyone feels it needs to be changed like yeah no I fully agree with your point like it doesn't need to be changed like what I think is interesting we see this is you see this is where it comes back like i know like we're harping on about money and the power like the only reason uefa and like other people won't you know some people are getting touchy with me you know when i say this to them but the only reason why uefa were, were forming this champions league was because of the top six clubs and the top you know spanish clubs like real madrid because they were scared they were going to do exactly what they did on sunday was announce this european super league so that was the whole point of them bringing in this reform was to try and prevent that now it came too late for these clubs because they just wanted to bite the you know uh, fire the trigger and just announce this thing but that was the whole point was they wanted to stop that and again it comes down to these certain clubs having too much power when it comes to the kind of you know the format of these um club because for the owners they and the chief executives because let's face it most chief executives are the puppets of the owners they are looking for more money so that's why they want more games and they want the top teams just playing against each other because in their view they're going to make more money out of that because like i found it really strange some of the the opinions that you know i think the juventus and perez um as well from real madrid said it the juventus ceo as well said it about how young people nowadays uh you know they just want you know they want it to be like a console game like fifa where they can just play the big uh, teams all the time and they don't they have no interest in the small teams and I thought that was absolute bullshit because when I because <laughs> I'm in the school and you know I'm on placement I'm a student teacher and I mean I had students asking me what they thought about the European Super League because they were they were shocked by it and oh sir it can't happen like this is awful and you know so you're telling me the young you know because they fully understood what was going on and what was happening and like they don't want to see you know this kind of you know the big teams playing against each other so i thought that was bullshit too mark about it's a, you know well, it's some of the worst games of football i've ever watched have been man united versus man city yeah. or PSG. look how many of the big shit teams won. drew this year in the premier league man game. united I look yeah forward to a game against burnley or something where you know it's going to be different maybe they go for it more the big ga- team games are oftentimes the worst ones like exactly and what i think as well what we're missing on this format like I don't know how, how many of you like did you I presume you watched the Bayern Munich and PSG game. I did, yeah. And yeah. the football like I know it finished what did it only finish one 0 wasn't it? Uh, PSG 
Or, no, yeah, second. Yeah, second leg. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously the first leg was absolutely like goals galore, three two. But even in that second leg, I know it finished only one nil. But that game was still attack after attack and just teams yeah, going for it. Yeah, and like, but that's what I love about this format of the Champions League. And because like, some people give out about the away goal, the away goal is brilliant because it forces teams to come out and attack and play. You know, instead of defending, and it just it's brilliant. Like, um, and like, I still think there is still life in this Champions in the current Champions League format. Like, we're still getting good games at the top. And what I like as well with the two leg. Like even though it is over two legs, you're still having those sort of teams that you wouldn't expect competing. You know, we'd RB Leipzig, we'd uh, Olympic League. Actually, I was because I was watching the UEFA man in the middle referee comp, uh, documentary. It was it was on RT two over the last couple of night, uh, last couple of weeks on a Tuesday night. But like they, it was on. It was because it shows the games and the referees refereeing and those top one. But like I had even forgotten that how Olympic Leon knocked City out of the oh, yeah. quarterfinal you know what I mean so like even in the Champions League these top teams are you know the under like what I love is the underdog still has a chance and that's what I love about football is that no matter what the underdog can still do it now I know it's frustrating when you're a top team and you just want to batter away the small team but it I still love that aspect though that the underdog still counts and matters like it's one of the best things about football I'd say yeah like, you know, in some sports, big team faces small team. There's just no way. But yeah. in football, there's like we've seen some unreal upsets, especially FA Cup and Champions League over the last few years. Yeah, I think w- the final thing I will say on this whole thing as well was what really annoyed me about because I I honestly think Perez needs to be like walking after all what he's come out with and stuff. But he, I think apparently he did say that like about you know the way there was the threat about the world cup you know not players not playing played in the world cup and the euros and he had said that oh we'll just set up our own world cup and i'd kind of cast our mind you know when we watched the pele documentary you know when you know to see that man still cry about the world cup and how much it means to him and i was kind of going like even like perez is talking about even disrespect in the world cup now by just setting up another one you know that two world cups like yeah you know what i mean like you know we've seen how much in that documentary how much the world cup meant to even the people of brazil never mind pele still getting emotional about it when he thinks back about winning it you know what i mean so for him to turn around and even to show disrespect to one of the most you know historic competitions and the one we all love and you know, like even as Irish fans, you know, we have, a, yeah, we, 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 we have a strong thing, you know, with Italian 90 and the whole lot, you know, so, um, no, I just thought the whole thing just was, sh- I just hope we don't have this conversation in, a, you know, four or five years time where these guys get more notions. I do hope there is legislation that is brought in to stop this kind of thing, especially, I think if you stop the English owners, I don't think the Spanish owners and that can do it on their own. Um, yeah, the English, the English, the Premier League is, you know, exactly. And it's, it's, look, it's the, you know, Glazers out, you know, Henry out from Liverpool as well, and stuff, you know, get the American owners out of here. They don't understand the culture of European football. They don't understand how it went. That was the other thing, too, before we finish up. He's even about the history. Because even one of the students said it to me, and we were having this talk about how, because he was a Liverpool fan, and like we used to slag each other, you know. But now here we are, actually having something in common. But we were just saying like how 
United were never going to be able to beat Liverpool's Champions League record and Liverpool are never going to beat Man United's Premier League record if the Super League went ahead and it like it shit on it shit on basically our, you know the history of our clubs and Ferguson with 99 and you know even Liverpool with you know Istanbul in 2005 like it just shat on all that yeah it just completely shat on that like it I don't know. I mean, give Arsenal something there. Then. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, was about potentially buying United, and apparently it's been priced at four billion pounds. So I reckon we'll all chip in, get him in there. You know, we'll be a fighting club. <laughs> you know, well, I saw that. You know, yeah. every fan chips in. You know, fifty quid. You know, or something. You know, we can. Yeah, I'd buy quid. You know, well, like I'm, you know, I'm a member of the club. You can like, you know, really cost that much. My dad did it for me once. Yeah, no, um, come in free. Yeah, so I think we're going to end the Jam Show podcast episode one on this uh, European Super League. And how long was that? We were it's uh, 40, 43, 44 minutes we're coming up on. So, um, yeah, as you could see, we can actually Anyone talk. Made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> as you can see, we actually do have a lot of opinions on these kind of things. So we're going to try and see if we can flesh out a few more topics that we actually had already covered. I think you know some of them. I think um, we might return on the whole alien thing. Maybe the oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Jack's loving it. Uh, maybe yeah, the whole the whole fortune telling thing. We might actually combine Harry, those Harry, two. You don't have to come to the aliens one. <laughs> <laughs> Jack can take it away. Um, yeah, and plus, we might see if we can get a few guests on over a couple of podcasts. See if we can interview people. Even just about life topics or stuff, you know, we might be able to yeah, get people I know. on. Yeah, I know. I know personally a few guys want to come on. Yeah, so it will be something new, anyways. And I think the fact it'll be on Spotify, it'll be a bit easier for people to get. And yeah. so, yeah. So thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll hope to have one out each week along with the radio show. And um, the radio show only has two more official ones. We'll see if we keep it up over the summer. The option might be there, might not be. If not, you mightn't hear again from the radio show until next September when college is back up and running because it takes a break um, over the summer recess. So until next week, uh, we'll see you.